Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, October 7th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. I heard an interesting piece of information this week, and it harkens all the way back to the 1980s when a Soviet KGB agent who defected to the West was interviewed. And in that interview, he laid out, because while he was a KGB agent, he was in charge of what is called in Russia subversion. And subversion is obviously using not only propaganda, but also some structured system for undermining your adversary or undermining your enemy, in this case, the United States. And in that 1980-something interview, which is still on video, it's still out there, he talked about the stages, the four stages that would be required to take down the United States, to destroy us from within. We are in stage number three right now, hearkening on the verge of stage number four. And I'm not going to go through all of those stages. I want to focus on one because apparently in stage one is also the answer to how we survive what's being done. I'm not saying that it's the Russians that are doing this. I am saying that someone, if not the Russians, took that very carefully strategized plan and has applied it in this country. I want you to realize that he said it's a 20-year plan. And the reason it's a 20-year plan is because it takes a generation. You need to misinform and dumb down a generation before you can make this effective so that that generation has to grow up with a different and limited view of what is true and what is right and what is good. If you think about it, that 20-year plan began after 9-11, began with the Patriot Act. Since then, I mean, if you look at 2011 and you add 20 years, we're at 2021 and we're there. We are at right before the last stage, which is total totalitarianism, which is basically an autocratic totalitarian ruler and the state in charge of everything. But I don't want to go there. Here's where I want to go. I want to go to stage one. The first thing that this KGB agent said that is part of this 20-year plan is to destroy religion. You must destroy religion. Because he said, if you don't destroy religion, it is the religious who answer to a higher authority, right? It is the religious who feel their obligation is not to the state, but it is to God. No matter whose God it is, it's to God, assuming it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meaning Western Judeo-Christian values. You cannot undermine a nation if that nation has a significant population of religious people, because not only do they answer to a higher authority, but they will stand in the face of even violence. They will go to their death over the principles and the values and the tenets of their religion. That's what happened here. 
it happened probably, I mean, it, it started when they took God out of the schools, but it has really exacerbated its impact since, I would say, the early 2000s. I think that's why the FBI currently is going after pro-life protesters and not going after pro-abortion destruction. There have been over 100 pro-life clinics that have been either attacked or had graffiti or have been bombed, and not one of them has had prosecutions followed up by the federal government. But the FBI, as you know, having recently gone after Mr. Houck, which is what I covered in a prior podcast, there's actually new information about the absurdity of the FBI going after him, of raiding his home early in the morning with his seven children and his wife present and arresting him for what now turns out to be a complaint that was filed originally by the complainant, a man named Mr. Love, who Mr. Halk allegedly assaulted outside of an abortion clinic. The original complaint makes absolutely no averments. Averments are statements that are made in a complaint. They're the facts on which a complaint is founded. That original complaint, which by the way was dismissed, made no averment that Mr. Houck was obstructing or preventing Mr. Love or anyone else from entering the abortion clinic. So what's so interesting about this is the FBI arrested Mr. Houck on violation of a federal law, a federal statute called the FACE Act, an act that prohibits anyone from impeding entrance or prohibiting someone from entering a health clinic, which of course they define an abortion clinic as a health clinic. Not only did I cover this extensively in a prior podcast about whether or not the act is even valid after the Dobbs decision, but now it turns out that the original complaint filed by the complainant didn't even allege facts sufficient had, in fact, the FACE Act been applicable. People of faith stand for eternal truths. And here's something else interesting about people of faith. And I'm not here to tout any religion. I'm actually not even here to tout religion. I am here to some extent to talk to you about and share my thoughts on spirituality because I tend to approach faith as a spiritual matter, not necessarily a religious matter, because I know that religion turns a lot of people off and people who are really and truly in their hearts comfortable with a higher being, comfortable with a higher power are otherwise turned off by organized religion for whatever reasons. And so I talk in terms of spirituality. And when I say that people of faith stand for eternal truths, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are spiritual, who have beyond their own ego and beyond thinking that they are the last word on everything and there is no power in the universe greater than them, all people, regardless of affiliation to a religion or not, who acknowledge that there is a higher power to humankind and that that higher power is, for lack of a better word, loving, is life-affirming, is always, as we see in nature, trying to perpetuate the good, trying to perpetuate what, in essence, keeps nature and humanity evolving. People of faith are also capable of forgiveness because that is an integral part of having faith, understanding the power and the importance of forgiveness. 
The faithless do not forgive. They simply don't. They don't understand what forgiveness is. They don't understand that harboring ill feeling in your heart for another or hatred for another is more damaging and damning to you than it is to the person you are projecting that at or holding those feelings against. The faithless don't forgive. It's very interesting. I just went through Yom Kippur, the last day of the Jewish New Year, in essence. Yom Kippur is called the Day of Atonement. And it is, in fact, a very somber day. It's a day of atoning and seeking forgiveness. But there's an interesting aspect to the forgiveness concept in Judaism. On Yom Kippur, you can and you do pray and ask God to forgive you for any oaths that you may have made that you have broken. So if you've made an oath to God, that's what you're asking forgiveness for. The violation of that. But if you've harmed another person, if you've caused another person sadness or hurt in the last year, it is incumbent upon you to actually ask that person for forgiveness. You can't ask God to forgive you in Judaism for wrongs done against another human. You could only ask God to forgive you for wrongs done against God. You have to reach out to an individual for whom you may have caused pain or suffering or any kind of angst or hurt. I had an interesting thing happen to me this very week, couple days, what, two days after Yom Kippur. I had a friendship that's 40 years long and over all things, Donald Trump, the friendship ended and it ended because my friend was a rabid never Trumper to the point where she was obsessed with hating him. Even the mention of his name made her crazy and enraged, and she would go on a tirade about it. And I couldn't get through to her. I I kept trying to explain to her that I wasn't defending Donald Trump's personality or his persona, that what I was was supporting his policies, and that I was making a distinction between the two. But she could not see that. She insisted that I had, although I am educated, she acknowledged I'm a lawyer. She said, you're a very bright person, but you've been hypnotized. You've been manipulated. You've lost your reason. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're thinking. He has you completely mesmerized. And, and I couldn't, I just couldn't find middle ground with her. I couldn't, I couldn't move her off of the extreme position she had taken. And that friendship ended about two years ago. Two days ago, I got a text from her daughter that she was in the hospital, that she has cancer in her kidney, perhaps her lungs, maybe her liver, that only some testing would tell. And the daughter reached out to me because I'm also friends with the daughter. The daughter is younger than me. The mother is older than me. And so I'm sort of in between. And I've been friends with both of them for decades and decades. My response to that was to immediately pray for her, to immediately begin to do what I believe has power, which is distance healing. I instantly let go, as I actually previously had, of any of the ill feeling that was the result of our conflict. Because in the end, what matters is number one, our humanity to one another. And number two, forgiveness. Forgiveness. In cancel culture, there is no forgiveness. In cancel culture, there is only unqualified 
compliance with their agenda, whoever they are, whoever, whether it's the media or it's government. There is no God in cancel culture because you could not demean and debase and cancel people the way cancel culture advocates do if you had a spiritual sense of our connectedness to one another, of how we all impact one another, and how it is not our job to judge. There's no God on the ultra left. There's no God or higher being, maybe the word God causes distress to some people. There's no higher power or higher being in President Biden's unrestrained exhibits of anger and in condemning 75 million Americans as MAGA Republicans, meaning they're all out to destroy the country, the same way my friend couldn't distinguish my rationale for supporting Donald Trump's policies, but painting everything with one brush, one wide brush. That's what Joe Biden did in that angry, red-draped speech that he gave from Independence Hall. There's no higher power in a president who, as Biden did two days ago, said to the mayor of one of the towns in Florida that suffered tremendous devastation, Biden said to the mayor, no one Fs with a Biden. No one Fs with a Biden. This is the president of the United States talking to a mayor whose community was devastated. That got a lot of play because of the F word. It got a lot of traction, both on mainstream and on cable and on right wing, or if you would call it, or Republican podcasts. But he said something right after that to that mayor that I think didn't get any, virtually no coverage and is infinitely more important and telling about the president. What he said was, quote, You don't fight with your brothers outside of the house, end quote. And when I listened to that, and I don't know who he was referring to, maybe he was referring to his relationship with Governor DeSantis and the fact that in touring Florida, Biden was amicable and seemingly cordial. Maybe he was making the point, you know, that in public you don't air your problems, But the fact that he said you don't fight with your brothers outside the house, I kind of understand that because my father had a similar approach to family. It was, it doesn't matter what family does to you, you forgive them and you allow them to come back into the good graces because it's family, no matter what. And that's just not the principle of forgiveness. I never saw it that way. I saw it as there's a point at which you can forgive but you don't allow abuse. You don't allow someone always back into the fold no matter what they've done. You can forgive them, but you keep them at bay. You let them go. You don't allow them back in. You don't allow the wolf into the hen house, so to speak. When Biden said you don't fight with your brothers outside of the house, I thought that's why all of the emails on Hunter Biden's laptop Or Hunter Biden talking about how his father abuses him and uses him and took money from him and made Hunter Biden pay his father's bills. But in public, Joe Biden says, Hunter Biden's the smartest person I know, and I have total faith in him. Why does he do that after all that he has done to his son and used his son for? He does it because you don't fight with your brothers outside of the house. The same thing happened with his daughter. 
his daughter's diary became public and she talked about her father taking inappropriate showers with her when she was a child and how she was overly sexualized as a child. But in public, he talks about how much he loves his daughter and how wonderful she is because you don't fight with your brothers outside of the house. You do whatever you want inside of the house, morality be damned, but you don't let the world know. That's a scary position. I talk about almost in every episode recently that we are living in a time when it's really all about truth versus lies. A public persona should not be any different than a private persona because who you are is who you are. And if you are presenting a different face to the world, then you are brokering in deception. We are living in a time when it is all about discerning truth from lies, and we can't do much about what other people do. I mean, admittedly, you know, I say there are truths that are above our human intellect. I call them absolute truths. They're divine or universal truths or absolute, whatever you want to call them. Oftentimes, those are truths that we have to embrace with faith only because we can't prove them, we can't understand them, but we know that there's truth in them. We understand how they manifest in the world. And although we know they exist, we're not responsible for understanding them. They're universal truths, they're cosmic truths, they're higher power truths. Again, whatever you want to call them, absolutes but we're not responsible for knowing them. They simply exist as part of creation. There's probably a lot of that in nature that we don't understand. And similarly in the human body and its functioning, particularly at the subatomic or the quantum level. But there are truths that are within our intellectual capability to understand, and they're the ones we're responsible for. We're responsible for knowing them, and when necessary, we're responsible for standing for them. There are incredible examples of lies that we've been told recently. Stacey Abrams, now running for the the, uh, governorship again in Georgia, She claims she lost the first time by voter intimidation or election interference or voter nullification, any of the above. And there's video out there all over the place with her having said those things. She didn't concede. She believed that she won the election. Now she says she never said those things, even though there's video and audio of her saying them. We tend to blame everything except taking personal responsibility for our losses. We blame others. And in so doing, we participate in lies. Bob Eichner just came out with a movie, Bros, B-R-O-S. It's a a gay rom-com. And it died at the box office. It had like $4 million in its first weekend, which is nothing. And what did he say? He said it bombed because of homophobia. Really? People didn't go because it was because they were homophobic or they didn't go because they just didn't want to see a gay rom-com had nothing to do or because the reviews of the movie were really weak and that had had a lot of messages in it. And people don't want to be messaged in the movie. They want to go to entertain and get away from the messages. But no, he was blaming someone else. He was blaming homophobia. Joe Biden, our energy crisis. It's Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, it's OPEC now. It's not him shutting off our own energy independence. It's not that. 
It's not him withholding additional leases for land to drill. It's not that. It's Putin or it's OPEC. The southern border? It's not his fault. It's the border he inherited. Police arresting black criminals, according to BLM, it's racism. It's not because there are more black criminals. It's because the cops are racist, regardless of what color the cops are. And any and all economic or social condition of a person of color is the result of, yep, white privilege. Whatever happened, not only to not lying, but to taking personal responsibility for ourselves instead of blaming others for everything that goes wrong in our lives. I think this is one of the two biggest lessons that we are all being faced with now. The first one is telling the truth in every situation to the best of your ability. And the other is taking personal responsibility for the things you got wrong. We all do it. We all get things wrong. And it's when we don't step up and take responsibility that ultimately, because I believe this, we get the leaders we deserve. Ultimately, we get a president who won't take responsibility for anything, including the most humiliating departure from Afghanistan, military departure, probably in the history of the United States. You get that because they are simply manifestations of what we're allowing to go on in our own lives. You have to start with yourself. We're living at a time when we all have tremendous individual power. Do not underestimate the power of you. Do not underestimate the effect that you can have if you change a pattern in your life. And so let's look at our patterns. Let's look at where we haven't been personally responsible. Let's look at where we tend to color the truth so we make ourselves look a little better. And let's change both of those patterns so that the same way we have rippled outward and created a corrupt government, we can ripple outward and create a government that truly is by, of, and for the people. I covered a lot of ground here. (laughs) And I jumped through a couple different subjects, but all of this has been on my mind. And I know to some extent it applies in your life as well. Thanks for listening. I'll be back here again. Until then, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.